well merry christmas to you this morning or this afternoon or this evening or whenever it is that you'll be listening to this a merry christmas and a happy new year now imagine christmas is feeling rather different for all of us at the moment maybe some of us are really enjoying that and some of us are finding that really really difficult where whoever you are whatever kind of situation you're in um, let's take a few moments to fix our eyes on jesus the one who is the centerpiece of not just christmas day but of every day, the one that we remember and celebrate and rejoice in today. It's not an easy thing to do that, is it? Especially on Christmas Day. It's often a day that's full of busyness and full of noise, especially if you've got children in the house, and full of presents and food in the oven and all sorts of things that distract us. And maybe it's distracting for you in another way. Maybe there are people that you would really love to have around you who, who aren't there with you this year. Maybe you'll see them in a couple of weeks or a couple of months, or maybe you won't see them again at least not in this life. Maybe today it's sadness that you find distracting. It's sadness that is kind of spiritually suffocating. And so this really is a difficult day for you. Well, whatever kind of situation you're in, let's pause for a moment and just think about one of the very normal things that we have in our houses at Christmas time and let that thing lift our eyes to Jesus, pick up our hearts and bring them to think about him for a minute. That thing, that kind of fairly mundane thing is a Christmas tree. I want us to think about trees just for a moment, a few moments um, today. Christmas trees are a big deal in my family. Um, we used to live in Indonesia, that's where I was born and, and brought up, and Christmas trees aren't exactly native, as in kind of snowy Nordic Christmas trees aren't really native to that part of the world. So we had to go to pretty good lengths to get a real life pine Christmas tree in our front room. What we used to do is go down to the army base at the bottom of our road, knock on the gates, and my dad would have a chat with um, whoever was on duty there, and then they would send for a, one of the young lads who would climb up one of these enormous pine trees. Pretty much the only place I remember that had pine trees in our area. And they had huge ones. I mean, 100 foot tall, huge pine trees. So this soldier would climb up and we would point out the branch that we wanted, kind of try and find a nice symmetrical looking branch. He'd hack it down with a machete and then we would carry it home triumphantly. Me and my three sisters and my dad take it home and then prop it up in a big basket of stones, tie a string to the top so it didn't flop over. And there you had it, the centerpiece of Christmas morning our Christmas tree, a real life pine Christmas tree, thousands of miles from the Arctic Circle. It was always a bit of a moment of triumph for us. Christmas trees are a big deal. And for us, it's kind of a centerpiece of Christmas. And they really are the centerpiece, or at least a big theme that we find in the Bible. Christmas trees point us not just to, I don't know, old German traditions or presents under the tree or lights or those kind of things, but Christmas trees point us to Jesus. I wonder if you've heard this old, old prophecy from Isaiah. He gets lots of his prophecies into Christmas time stories, doesn't he? But this is one we don't often read. It goes like this. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. This person who's a tree, the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness, the sash around his waist. In that day, this root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him and his resting place will be glorious. See, Isaiah talking about this stump of Jesse is talking about a family tree that's been cut down. Jesse was the father of the great King David. King David, who was the father of all the other kings of Israel, the whole people of Israel, and this is talking about their family tree, this nation of Israel. 
who all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, when life seemed to be going pretty happily for most of them, were cut down, taken away into exile. In the blink of an eye, life changed for them and went from happiness to sadness, to darkness and barrenness and mourning and homesickness for how things used to be. That's what you get with the stump of Jesse, this family tree that's been cut down. But into that situation, into that kind of world, hope begins to come in a tree, a bud, a little tiny piece of life that emerges from that stump into the field of, of human history. And do you know who that is? Do you know who that stump is? Or do you know who that shoot is? It's Jesus. Isaiah is looking down the centuries and seeing Mary giving birth to Jesus, this king who'd have righteousness and faithfulness wrapped around him, who would call all nations to come and rest in him. Jesus would be that tree. And if you read the stories of him in the Gospels, you'll see he did grow up like a, like a shoot out of dry ground. He grew up into this great spreading tree and called people to himself. He said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He called people to come and listen to his words as he spoke life, to come and eat the fruit of his wisdom. He called people to come and rest in his branches from, uh, from evil, to shelter in his powerful presence as he drove away all darkness and evil, to come and be healed by his words. He called people to come and, and literally be fed, hungry people fed as he gave them bread to eat. You see, Jesus grew up like this tree, calling people to come and enjoy the fruit of his life. And then all of a sudden, this great mighty oak of deity and humanity joined together was cut down. He was cut down in his prime and hung on another tree. Jesus died this time on a cruel and bare tree, on Calvary's tree of death and judgment. Jesus died for us. It's another thing that trees point to. They point us back to that promise of life coming into darkness and, and, and a, a horrible world. And they point us back to the cross of Calvary where Jesus died for sins. One of Jesus' followers, a man called Peter, put it this way. He said, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. It's by his wounds you've been healed. See, he died on a tree, Peter said, to take away all the darkness, to take away all of our failures, to swallow up all of our sins and take them away forever. See, his cross stands in the middle of, his, of history. That tree stands as a marker of the greatest gift that anybody has ever given, of Jesus giving his life for us, where he turned that tree of bitterness for him into a tree of blessing. For us, we can come and sit in the shade of the tree of Calvary and know our sins are forgiven, know our shame is washed away and clothed, know that we're welcome into God's presence. But not only that, you see, after Jesus died, they buried him. Or maybe we should say they planted him like a seed. They planted him in a rocky tomb, rolled a great stone over the entrance, but well, they really should have seen it coming because it was Jesus himself who said, when a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, that's when it bears much fruit. You see, that stone couldn't keep him down. The seed germinated and out came Jesus. 
out came life. That tomb couldn't hold back his resurrection life. And Jesus emerged as the tree of life. So we can look back to Moses's prophecy of this day, when Jesus would be born into our world and then he would be cut down. But then new life would come and he'd grow again into, into this tree of life that would join heaven and earth, into this tree that would spread its branches around the whole of the earth. If a tree can kind of do that, if you can get your head around it. A tree that anybody, as in all the people of the world, would come and rest in. It says right at the beginning of John's Gospel that Jesus, in him, is life. And his life is the light of all mankind. You see, Jesus is the one who is not just the centrepiece of Christmas, not even just the centrepiece of human history. Jesus, the tree of life, is the centrepiece of the universe. We read about him in Revelation, the very end of, um, of the Bible. It says this, The angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of this city where God lives with his people. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, enough for all the people, yielding its fruit every month, as in you don't have to wait until next year to get another crop. It's always laden with fruit. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. So you see, Jesus is inviting us, calling us to come and be a part of that tree this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whenever you're listening. He's calling us and inviting us to come and sit under the shade of that tree. In fact, even more than that, to come and be joined in and grafted in and become part of this tree. He's calling us, inviting us this morning to, to bring all of our exhaustion and worry and rest in the shade of his branches. He's calling us to bring all of our sadness, all of our mourning, and let him comfort us in the cool of his presence, to, set, to let him set a seed of hope in our hearts, the hope that death has been defeated by him at the cross, and that life wins, that this is our future, that this is the future of the world, a world where a river of life flows and a tree of life flourishes, this tree that is Jesus where everything revolves around him and life wins. Will you come to him and let him place the seed of that hope in your heart in the midst of your sadness this morning? Well, he's inviting us to bring ourselves, all of our failures and sins, to eat the fruit of forgiveness and to enjoy the sweetness of his welcoming grace. Jesus is this great tree of life who calls us to himself today. He's the centerpiece, not just of Christmas, but of human history, the centerpiece of the universe. So when you look at your Christmas tree today, when you gather around it with friends or um, sit there, when you open presents, when you enjoy its shade, look at its evergreenness, when you look at that tree, think of Jesus, the root out of dry ground, where there was no hope, Jesus comes and brings life. Look to that tree and see his cross, where he forgives and welcomes everyone. And look to that tree and see the tree of life. Look forward to that hope that will come before too long. Look to the hope of the tree of life. Look to Jesus and come and rest in his branches. I wanted to finish with some words of a carol. A um, carol that we often sing goes, uh, the last couple of verses go like this. How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, 
But in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born to us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. You, God of all grace, you have given me a saviour. Produce in me a faith to live by him and to make him all my desire, all my hope and all my glory. May I enter him as my refuge, build on him as my foundation, walk in him as my way and follow him as my guide. May I never be ashamed of him or his words. May your dear son preserve me in this present evil world. May its smiles never allure me, nor its frowns terrify me. May I feel that in him I am a stranger, a pilgrim, an exile on this earth. May I declare plainly that I seek his country. Whatever I do, may it be done in the Saviour's name. 